Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Since 2011, our podcast has looked at issues and ideas of our time through the lens of contemporary art and culture. We met American-born visual artist Mary Mattingly for the first time in 2015. Her practice revolves around the environment. During a two-month residency that year in Havana, she teamed up with locals, builders and architects, students and teachers. Together, they had created a pair of spheric ecosystems, each 10 feet in diameter. For the duration of the Havana Biennial, one was perched in a park, and the other inside the National Museum of Fine Arts, where we recorded this conversation. The two spheres are constructed as habitats for local flora and fauna. You walk up a set of stairs that leads you to this platform that looks like floating barrels are underneath, and then there's a sphere. You walk into the sphere, it's made with aluminum drywall studs and it's lit underneath. And then there are lots of food plants growing inside and there are many tubes that are forcing the water into the next planter. There are fish, songbirds, all living off the things that are inside. We collected rainwater in the sculpture that was in Parquet Central, and then we had some butterflies and some chickens that were actually donated to the project soon after it opens. People really loved the chickens. <laughs> How does this fit with your philosophy about art and the ecology? The work that I usually do is about ecosystems, either through documenting them or through making them and then trying these experiments. One year after we met, Mattingly launched an experiment on the waterways of New York City. Swale, an edible landscape on a barge docked at public piers. Circumnavigating New York's public land laws, the Mobile Garden offered free food to visitors. Looks good. Can you try mm. some of this one? Edible need, flower. Do you need the flower? Mm. Mm. This is one of our favorites. It's produced very well here on board. Cool. Try some. Through Swale, the artist animated a model of public access to land. Water runs through the weighty project she took on in 2020. A year of public water examines the complex history of New York City's drinking watershed. Public water is an important topic because as more and more water around the world becomes privatized, there's a lack of access to clean water that you can see very clearly here in the United States. So we approached it by talking about New York City's watershed because it is a public system and 
we wanted to explore it in order to try to tell some of the complications about its history and also get a read on what could make it a better and more just system. What water are you looking at? I know there's three watershed regions that are the sources of the water for New York City. So we started with the Croton watershed source. The city gets the least amount of water from there, and that's probably the most polluted at this point. It's the most built up. It's in Westchester County. And then after that, we moved to the Catskills, and now we're almost at the Delaware. Mattingly is seeking water justice. That's the driving force in this project. I'm the beneficiary of clean water because of all of these stewards who are sort of forced into the stewardship role and in the watershed for New York City's drinking water. Some of those people in some of those towns don't even have access to that water that they're stewarding the land for right through their town and into this giant behemoth of a watershed. The project was transformed when the coronavirus pandemic struck. COVID brought the criticality of clean water into sharper focus. We were trying to determine whether it was the right time to launch the project at all. I think with a massive public health crisis and a substantial economic crisis, and also with the death of George Floyd, we were trying to consider all of those things together and talk about an underlying public water crisis and how essential it is to link things that may well seem unlinked. It really became so relevant. Unfortunately, with coronavirus, when Detroit became national news for not having clean water in a time where the news was telling us to keep our hands washed. We find out that water has been on the artist's mind since she was a child. I think what really drove me to include water and in, in much of the work that I do or like follow the business of water privatization was really due to growing up in rural America and the heavy use of agricultural chemicals like DDT well into the 1980s and getting into the water table and just making drinking water toxic. And that was you know something that I obviously learned to deal with when I was a kid. And the town that I grew up in, a private water company is is servicing them. There's no longer well access, but it's just as toxic as it was before, and there's no regulation. And this is happening, I think, all over the United States. The challenge of healthy water is intensified for densely populated cities, where minority and low-income communities are the most affected. Cities have a range of different problems from old lead pipes, you know, and that's been a problem in New Jersey and Jersey City and Hoboken. And it's a problem in New York City. It's complicated because one has to fix the old infrastructure and replace those pipes. And also at the same time, more and more pollutants are infecting the water table. You know, now you have fracking and all sorts of other types of uh, chemicals that are getting into the water table. Who is involved in telling the story with you? So there's an arts organization that I'm working with, More Art. So there are three people in that organization who are working on storytelling with me. And we've reached out to the Cary Institute and to individuals and to historic societies and authors who have written about the area, Diane Galusha and David Saul, and also people from the Department of Environmental Protection and interviews with people who are living in the watershed. And so we're trying to get an inclusive 
picture of what it has meant to develop such a massive water system. We released the story sort of weekly on social media as a campaign. Community outreach is key to the process. We're doing an educational component alongside of the project that is really spearheaded by More Art. They're working with students in the boroughs who are doing projects about clean water. We've also been working with groups in upstate New York. What is the situation with drinking water in New York City today? In the 90s, New York City became a fair partner. It was around that time, maybe a little bit earlier, when the city started offering grants to towns in order to make up for lost revenue because certain things were deemed unsafe for the watershed. That ongoing negotiation takes us to the present. Public partnerships with water systems in smaller towns where a city like New York, with a lot more funding than a lot of places, can help facilitate better infrastructure in other towns through partnership sharing and sharing of resources. In summer 2021, the Public Water Project comes to life in Brooklyn's Prospect Park. Visitors will discover a specially designed geodesic dome and a wayfinding audio tour that introduces the park's own watershed. A sphere acts like a core sample that cleans water, you know, in the same way that land cleans water. So rain hits the sculpture, it runs through the sculpture, and then at the bottom, you can drink the fresh water. This is the Fresh Art International Podcast. I'm Kathy Bird. Our conversations with artist Mary Mattingly examine her collaborative environmental interventions. Over time, we've watched water take on an increasingly vital role in her work. A year of public water magnifies issues and ideas that impact access for the public, underscoring the fact that water is a basic human right that we must invest in and protect. If you like what you're hearing, please take a few minutes to rate and subscribe to our podcast anywhere you go to listen. The John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, Emily Hall Tremaine Foundation, Locust Projects, and the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, and listeners like you make Fresh Art International possible. Visit our site to learn more and explore the podcast archive we've been building since 2011. While you're there, sign up for our latest news and give a donation to support these stories. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.